The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio, you want to watch the video portion of the radio show. That's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com. There you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side of the page is one of Bradley's educational videos. Interestingly enough, he, he borrowed this from when I was talking with Tommy Robinson, and I mentioned, I wrongly mentioned the wrong martyr, <laughs> uh, but Thomas Hawks. And um, boy, if you want something that will move you, and be educated at the same time. Check out this this educational video on Thomas Hawks. He's the uh, martyr who was burned at the stake, and his friends had asked him, you know, give us a sign that it that the the death of a martyr is, you know, endurable. That you you can endure it. That God gives grace in that moment. And uh, he said he would. And uh, they burned him. They thought he was dead. And all of a sudden, he raised his hands up and clapped three times. Uh, signaling to those people God had given him grace in the midst of uh, the flames. What what a story. Whew. Anyway, uh, check that out. Right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button. Blow it up whatever device you got. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that. You can join us in the chat on Rumble. A lot of friends just popped in there all of a sudden. Uh, good morning. Good to see you guys. And while you're over there, please subscribe to the channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. And uh, we would appreciate that very much. Also, um... You should have, you guys should have sound today, uh, and video shouldn't be a problem. I'll explain that in a minute. Uh, if you don't, just refresh, and it should come through, because I'm seeing that it's going through here. Uh, if you don't, you know, let me know, but I, this is, a, I think this is a rumble thing, I, because you can get it sometimes, and sometimes you can't. Um, but uh, anyway, we are streaming also to beforeitsnews.com. Over there, top of the page, and then uh, right back over to uh, sonslibertymedia.com. Right up where we're streaming live, you can sign up for our email newsletter that includes all the ar- articles we put out for the day, including the morning show archive. Also, want to point you over to our store. You can get to it by the Sons of Liberty. Don't forget the in there, the Sons of Liberty.squarespace.com, and there you can pick up Bradley's new book. All the prophets are pointing to the front. You can get the slightly older book by like a month. <laughs> 
uh, Soldier of the Cross. That's still there, along with the bundle that we have for Soldier of the Cross, which includes a T-shirt, the book, and uh, a, do- a dog tag of your choice. You can get it in uh, silver or you can get it in black. Right. So you can things there. Um, be sure and check that out, though. Um, also, yesterday, just, just so we're clear, uh, it wasn't Rumble. It wasn't the government conspiring against me. I'm sure they probably are conspiring against us. Uh, that's why we're censored so heavily on our website, uh, our emails, and even on you know the, vi- the video outlets that we're on. But yesterday, you know, I started the show. I think I got 10 or 15 minutes in it. And uh, the the computer was making a fan noise, but it was kind of a weird noise than the other. So I just kind of lifted up on the end here. And the cord that is tied to my soundboard apparently had just a little bit of play in it. And when it went out, it messed up everything. It It was just weird. Took off the sound, took off the video. I talked for an hour. Nobody was hearing it but me. So I decided I'll do the show again today. And we'll just make up for it. Now, let me let you guys in on something. Um, immediately after the show, I have to go with my boys. We're going to be driving up to Virginia. We'd appreciate your prayers with us, not for us, but with us. Uh, for safety there, my daughter, we're bringing her and her husband down. Uh, they're going to be moving down about an hour from us now. So they went from New Jersey to Miami to Virginia. Now they're going to be an hour away from us. Praise God for that. We th- we're thankful for that. Uh, please pray with us that uh, we'll have safety and a good time together. And as a result, um, I've already talked with Kate. She's still dealing with her daughter. Uh, please keep her and her daughter in your prayers, as well as her other children, too, because I'm sure they're going to target them as well. Um, but uh, we're not going to do a show in the morning, okay? So I don't want to freak everybody out thinking something's happened or this, that, and the other. We won't have a show on Saturday, Okay, Uh, and that's mainly because I'm going to be in some kind of U-Haul truck driving it back. Um, My son-in-law was going to take care of it, but uh, he's unable to to get the time off uh, for today. So we're going to do that. So uh, just letting you guys know we're going to be heading out today uh, and tomorrow. No show on Saturday. Okay, and uh, and then we'll be coming in late, I guess, tomorrow or something like that. Anyway, with that said. Let's get on with this show because I've got a lot of stuff here. And even yesterday, I would, you know, even though I was only talking to myself, I was cramming everything into that hour. So I want to start off with this. Um, and this I didn't have until yesterday. But this guy, Sean Ryan, I, I got to tell you now, look, I can't vouch. If you're a person with tender ears and it, look, I, I don't like language. I don't like some of the, the vulgar language. I don't like it. I can endure it. Um, to a certain extent, uh, but the interviews this guy does are things, if I were doing interviews, this is what I have. They're like three to five hours long interviews. He just sits down with somebody and talks with them about something. And I like those kind of interviews. I, I really do. But this is just a short part of a bigger interview that he did with this uh, sergeant. Uh, he was a Marine. Um, and uh, I just want you to hear what this Marine said. This Marine lost one of his arms uh, I think it was in Kabul, in Afghanistan. He spoken before Congress uh, concerning the withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan, and he met Joe Biden. I just want you. This is this isn't part of January sixth, but maybe it gives you some insight into the kind of people that orchestrated January sixth. It wasn't uh, the the people who were up there speaking about election fraud. Uh, it was people like. The guy this guy's talking about, and he's talking about Joe Biden. Take a listen. This, I was like, oh my God. And that's what I said. 
and the cigarette Secret Service dude just like beat red and like trying not to laugh. And uh, I was like, Fuck. and this dude, like two minutes later, he walks in with him and Jill Biden and their little entourage of people and like a photographer. And uh, right away, like, remember him coming up to me, um, trying to shake my hand, like, much try to shake my right hand. And I look at him and I'm like, I don't have an arm. And my left arm is in this big ass cast with this giant orange foam block around it. I completely immobile. All I can do is move my head. My arm's gone. I'm like, I don't have an arm. And he says, oh, and like kind of stands up and then like goes over to reach for my fingers because about an inch of my fingers are showing and just like grabs my fingers. Doesn't say, doesn't greet me or anything. Just that's what happened. Just grab my fingers. And uh, I was like, okay, that's weird. And, you know, almost immediately starts talking, like, about how their son served in the military. Doesn't say anything about what happened. Starts talking about how their son served in the military. And uh, my mom is just like, she's furious at this point. And they're, like, taking pictures and stuff. And... uh she goes, she was like, my mom said this. She was like, I don't give a say I don't care what you guys do. She's like, you better take care of him for the rest of his life. And uh, like she said that. And um, I'm sitting there and he comes over to me and he leans over me. And I, have a, I have a picture of this to prove it. I'll show you this picture that I have. Um, it's a pretty funny picture. Uh he leans over me and he's like this close to my face and he's like what do you want and I said, what do you want yeah he said what do you want and I said what he said what what do you want and I'm just like confused I'm, I just got blown up I just saw my friends die next to me I'm like I just want to be myself and he's like huh and my mom's furious and she's like he said he just wants to be himself he just wants to be him he said, he just wants to be me. And he goes, oh, okay. And they just continue to talk about everything but what just happened. And then um, they just ushered him out of the room. He didn't know what to say. They ushered him out of the room, and that was that. This is how psychopaths and, uh, act, by the way. No compassion. Mom tried multiple times to None get help. From, no humor. From, from them reaching out to the first lady and try to get some some legislation passed for caretakers like herself who own businesses who don't get any financial support for helping their fucking service member that just got his whole life torn apart and uh she wanted to help other caretakers in the future have you know because they didn't there's caretaker there's certain amount of money that you can get as a caretaker depending on what you do and uh, or help but it's it's a process and so she was working through that but she wanted to pass legislation for future caretakers to to help get you know like hey if you run a business and you need to come take care of your son who, you know serve their country and just got blown up like you can do that and not have to worry about financials for a little bit you know what i mean and so she was trying to get help with that and they just pretended to help they kind of just brushed her off and uh pretended like they were connecting her with the right individuals and didn't help her at all. And so, um, 
obviously because of the Congress stuff now, my mom is since, you know, going to be moving forward with some, with some stuff, with some individuals who are actually going to help, but nothing came of that. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that was, uh, two days after that. I'm, I'm in the, uh, I'm just in bed and I'm telling, I'm telling the doctors and the nurses for a couple of days, for like two days. I'm like, I can't breathe. Like I can't breathe. And, uh, uh, my, a, a buddy of mine, um, a doctor who works at the hospital. He, um, he's a resident right now. He was a reserve, uh, he was in a reserve sniper platoon and now he's in the army as an officer, uh, being a trauma surgeon, to be a trauma surgeon. And, uh, as soon as it happened, he came in and he connected the recon and sniper foundation guys, like got them to send out a flag and like decorate my room really nice and be there for my mom and family. So he was there as a friend. Okay. All right. You that's all that's a part of uh, of the interview. Now, I I included. You can see that at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Um, <clears throat> it's a Marine exposes who Joe Biden really is. He's a monster. Uh, you can see that. You can see his full interview. It's it's about five hours, I think. Gosh. And then there's a little bit of his inter, uh, of his testimony before Congress some years back as well. So if you want to check that out, you can do that. But we're not here to talk about that. But I, th I just thought, here's a guy. He's just got blown up. He's just got friends that's killed. Joe Biden comes in. What do you want? It, it, I got to tell you, man. I, I got to tell you. If I was the mom in there, I, I think I probably would have had a real struggle with keeping some decorum uh with with Joe Biden in the room. With my son, who had been serving in Afghanistan. Look, you guys all know what I think about unconstitutional wars and all that, okay? But the fact of the matter is this guy was there. That's the reality. He's been, he's lost an arm. Who knows what other injuries he has. And then your quote-unquote commander-in-chief, who whose decisions brought this on you, comes in and go, what do you want? Again, psychopaths, these guys don't have any compassion. They don't have humor like the rest of us. This is this is what this is what we're dealing with. This guy, this illegitimate guy, I don't care what NewsGuard says, I don't care what any of the Mockingbird media says. There's voter fraud that's run rampant for years. It had, didn't just happen with, with Trump. And you guys know I'm critical with Trump, but I clearly see what you guys see. It, there is election fraud all over the place. And what amazes me is some of you out there continue to think, if wait till 2024, we'll get our vote in, we'll get our man back in. That's your mentality, even though you know that they're, they're doing the three-card Monty on you. By the way, if you want to call in, you can, 803-619-9855. 803-619-9855. I, I do have the uh, the phone line open. By the way, don't text that number. Don't I, I don't see it. I mean, I see it. I don't answer it because I've I've asked people not to call that number. It's not my personal number. It's the number we open up for the show. Don't do that. I get people writing and leaving messages at 11, 12 o'clock at night, 2, 3 in the morning. It's ridiculous. Don't do it. Stop doing that. Tim, you seem a little upset. Well, it's just a common courtesy. It's a it's a phone number for the show. Okay, it's a common courtesy. It's, down south we call it having manners. 
<laughs> not calling, not calling at times when the show's not live. Okay. So that that that's there. 803-619-9855. I'd love to hear from you. I really would. Uh, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Uh, whether you agree or disagree with anything we prove or we put here, uh, I'd love to hear from you. Okay, so let's start off with this. This was a report I began yesterday, and I think it was during this report where the show just went. Pfft. Okay, so um, with that said, this is a report by Greg Reese, and uh, I I like the majority of Greg Reese's reports because they're very concise. He can cram a lot into like three or four minutes. Sometimes it takes a little long, longer, but usually it's about that long. And I've got a couple of reports I'm going to do from him, for him or from him this morning. This one deals with uh, a guy who is a um, – he was approached by members of our corrupt central government. And I'm going to call him a central government because that gives more of a picture rather than the federal. Uh, it gives more of a picture of the centrality. In other words – they centralize their power to use against the people that they're supposed to serve. And this is this often happens within communist countries. Uh, they centralize the power, uh, and from there they grow that government. In fact, we had an article out yesterday. Uh, I'm trying to think of who. I don't remember who did it, but it was, let me see. The United States has the biggest government. In the history of the world, by a very wide, wide margin. Now, if you're a person like me, you think back, you think Rome, right? They cover the known world. By the way, this is just a little little nugget for you guys, okay? Just a little nugget here. When you read the world, the word world in the New Testament, the sometimes it means cosmos. Sometimes it means the created order, right? Sometimes the word means inhabited earth, okay? Now, this is going to change some of your thinking about what you've been taught when you find how the word world is used as inhabited earth, mainly because uh, when Paul talks about every creature under heaven, when he talks about going throughout the world, all these kinds of things, what he's talking about is the inhabited earth. He's talking about the Roman Empire, that's what he's talking about. It's a vast area. That's what he's speaking of. And you go, how, I, well, how do you know it's not that and not everything else? Well, let me ask you something. What did Rome have power? Did it have power over China? Did it have power over Russia? What about the area we know as North and South America? Did it have, have any authority over Africa? No, Australia? No, it didn't have any. It had it over the area that it had conquered. And so these guys are in the midst of countries that have been conquered. So just keep that in mind when you read your New Testament. You might want to bring, like uh, Charlie was talking about the other day, uh, a Strong's Concordance beside that, maybe a Vines uh, book alongside it as well, or some other means where you can look at the words and you can see which one it's talking about. And sometimes that's very, very important in, uh, uh, well, not sometimes, all the time, it's very important in understanding the context that's there. So <clears throat> here's the first one uh, that I want to bring to your attention, and uh, that is this defense team for Jeremy Brown. Now listen to this report here by uh, Greg Reese. He's going to tell you, these people who are in government are the ones setting everybody up. Now, I know that's not a surprise to the listeners of Sons of Liberty. You guys are smart people. 
you think for yourself, okay? Um, so it's not like I'm sitting here having to convince the majority of you. There are some still in our midst who don't get it, uh, who still have an affinity for government at some level. Um, but the, here's what these guys did to Jeremy Brown, and this is what his attorneys are supposed to be bringing forth. I, I, I say you can trust an attorney as far as you can throw him. Unless that guy has a reputation of actually being righteous, he has that reputation for being that, um, you, you can't trust any of them. You can't trust... They're a friend of the court. They're like police officers. They're agents of the state, if you will. I, I don't see any difference. I, I really don't. Okay? Uh, here is that video. Take a listen to this report. In December of 2020, federal agents Lindsay and Ura approached Mr. Jeremy Brown at his home and asked him if he would be a paid informant for the government. They asked him to infiltrate some groups they were looking at involving concerns they had about an event in January. Mr. Brown recorded this conversation, and instead of working for the government on January 6th, he went on as many media outlets that would have him, starting in March of 2021, and played the recording. He named the agents and exposed what they wanted him to do. So, it's no big deal. We decided to come out. We I've worked with JTTF before, so I'm okay. familiar. Um, you might in the future. So, see, there you have it. Well, you might in the future. So, we don't care which way you lean. Right. We just want to make sure that you're not targeting anybody and nobody's going to get hurt over the outcome in January. Okay. We'd love to hear from you. And again, I'm not, I can't make any promises, but like, you provide information and prevent something big, the government pays for that. Like, we think that we can help you, you can help us, and we can definitely, on this side of things, less aggravation. You're one of 19 people that we're going to knock on the door and say they're not home, or they are home, and we're like, One of 19 people. These two guys, not, not the... Not the 58 other agents that he's about to explain that there's 60 of them in Tampa. But just, I'm just one of 19. As a result of his righteous actions, the government had him arrested after an illegal search of his home on September of 2021. And after nearly two and a half years in federal prison, Jeremy has filed for an appeal. Jeremy's legal team is presenting forensic evidence that show the unregistered explosive grenades and the national defense documents that Jeremy was said to have illegally been in possession of were placed. Okay, I just want to interject this. Are grenades arms? Because <clears throat> this is part of what they do to scare people out of their rights. I want to ask you something. Are grenades arms? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Why are they illegal to have? Have you ever asked yourself that? Well, Tim, people could hurt somebody with a... Well, they could hurt somebody with a steak knife. They can hurt somebody with a pencil. They can hurt somebody with, uh, you know, uh, in the hands of the right person. You could hurt somebody with, oh, I don't know, uh, a glass bottle of DMSO. You really could. Right into the face. What do you, what do you think? Huh? The problem, as we say here at the Sons of Liberty, is never the instrument of death. It is the heart of man. This is why we point people to a Savior from sin, from lawlessness. He really does save from lawlessness. He doesn't just save you from the consequences, the wrath of God. He saves you from your sin. Okay? 
That's why we bring that. So why this issue of, uh, of grenades? Why is it an issue? I'll tell you why. Because the American people have been dumbed down that they don't know their rights. Grenades are a part of your rights. Oh, Tim. Tim, what, what are you saying? I'm saying they're a part of your rights. And even in this report, bless his heart, Greg Reitz brings this. Now, he brings the truth about what goes on with the grenades. Uh, but he should say, you know, this is part of the Second Amendment. That's just my opinion. I, point back to the law, man. Point back to the law. Second Amendment is very clear. Right of the people to keep and bear arms. Not guns, arms. Bows, crossbows, knives of any shape, size, or form. Guns, bazookas, howitzers, whatever the case may be. Arms is arms. Okay? Just wanted to pop that out there. Planted in his home by government agents during an illegal search. The first thing the agents did when they entered Mr. Brown's home for their search was turn off all 14 recording devices. And none of these agents had any functioning body cameras. The only person recording was Jeremy's girlfriend, who recorded the arrest by Agent Lindsay and Ura, who instructed her to stop recording, which she did. They were very deliberate in making sure nothing was recorded during their search. During this search, they allegedly found two explosive grenades and a CD containing national defense documents, items that Mr. Brown denied knowing anything about. The grenades were tested for DNA, and the FBI's own experts found two male specimen DNAs on the grenades, none of which were from Jeremy Brown. Hmm, I wonder who they, they found a to. dog hair underneath one of the grenades. Mr. Brown has two dogs, so the FBI got a search warrant, took over 50 samples from his dogs, and determined that the hair on the grenade was not from his dogs. Well, whose dogs they found they a from? carpet fiber on the tape around one of the grenades. So they get another search warrant, cut out pieces of Jeremy's carpet, and compare the fibers to the one that was found with the grenade. And they determine it was not a match. Criminal counts well, six, who does it seven, belong to? eight, and nine <laughs> were allegedly found on a compact disc that they claim Mr. Brown carried with him through the deserts of Kuwait and Afghanistan for 17 years. And yet, there isn't a scratch or a hint of discoloration on it. Okay, let me pause that a second. How many of you have had CDs or have CDs? You can't move that thing from the case to the player without getting a scratch on it. This guy carried it in the desert for 17 years and there's no scratches on it? you got to be kidding me. In August of 2022, there was a trace done on that CD to see when it was uploaded. And the evidence shows that Mr. Brown did not have the CD or the two grenades in his possession. They were planted by crooked agents working for a criminal state that has locked up and tortured scores of innocent men and women for a planned false flag event that they orchestrated with so many federal assets that they lost count. This criminal state is now threatening to go after everyone who was in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, no matter if they were in the Capitol or on Capitol grounds. While we are still somewhat free, let us support Jeremy Brown in his legal efforts so that he can free himself and continue to fight for American freedom. Greg Reese reporting. Okay, so that's JeremyBrownDefense.com if you want to uh, support him. But you see what happens. 
This is the government. They're supposed to be honoring God, Romans 13. That's what, the, that's what the authorities mean. Now, the king there, I think the king is King Jesus. I don't think it's, it's referring to Caesar. I don't think it's referring to any of that. He is the one who bears a sword. How does he give authority? Well, Jesus said it himself. He talked to Pilate, and he says, you don't have any authority unless the fa- my father gave it to you. Right? Well, since Jesus is king of the nations, he's not waiting to be crowned king. I know some of you people think that. You think he's still in his lowly uh, uh, state of humiliation. You keep putting your pictures up of his humiliation, his artist renditions, these idols. That's what they are. They're images. It's a violation of the first and second commandment. You keep putting these up in your home and on your billboards and all this other stuff. And the fact of the matter is, Jesus is king now of the nations, of every individual in the nations. He is king of them. If you don't believe me, you wait till your last breath and you'll find out your king is there and he's waiting to judge you. But the fact of the matter is, I don't want you to wait till then. I want you to know that king now. I want you to be forgiven of your sins. I want you to live a righteous and a holy life so we don't have to even talk about these things. Oh my goodness. So what's in contrast to people like Jeremy Brown? Let me, let me take you over to the U.S. Constitution. Because I do this, again, I reference the Constitution because this is their law. This is not God's law. This is their law. This is what they ask for your vote for. Okay? And by the way, just let me go ahead and clear this up in case you're listening or you're in the chat. Oh, Tim, who are you going to vote for? I'm not voting for nobody that I don't know. I don't care if they're a local level, a state level, or a federal level. I'm not voting for anybody. I'm not giving my consent to be governed by anybody who won't obey the law. And I don't know they won't obey the law. And that's the vast majority of the people that we throw in there. Why? Because the law is bad? No, because they're bad. Again, the heart of man is the center of the problem. It is not the people. At large, it is not our way of life per se. When I say our way of life, I'm talking about living. I'm not talking about all the industry and the, the uh, wicked things that happen out of corporate America and stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the way of life that we're supposed to live before God. So what were these people on January 6th, including... You know, the, the funny thing is Jeremy Brown, they, arrest, they came to him asking him to be a part of their little... Uh, uh, entourage there on January 6th before January. Now, I, I, I know some of you caught that. You're, you're a smart group, okay? These guys were asking him to go be an informant in something they knew was going to take place. They knew it was going to take place. And then when he wouldn't cooperate... And when he outed them for their crimes, because Article 1 gives no authority for the crap that these guys are doing. I'm telling you right now, this stuff where we take, quote unquote, law enforcement, we got to get that out of our head. We got to get that narrative out of our head. And that's one I've got to repent of. This is a a phrase we've got to get rid of out of our head. They've slowly incremented that in so that it scares you into submitting to tyranny. We got to get rid of this this term law enforcement for the boys in blue and the boys in brown. You, you got to get rid of it. They are servants. Let me change that. 
they're supposed to be slaves unto the law. That's what they're supposed to be. Just like we go, look, you or I are not free in the sense that we think we are. Jesus said, the one who submits himself to sin or to lawlessness is a slave of sin or lawlessness. Paul said, I've become a slave unto Christ, unto righteousness. So you're either a slave unto sin, unto lawlessness, or you're a slave unto Christ and to righteousness. Which one are you? There's no in-between here. Because if you're in-between, you're on the, the side of lawlessness. This is why Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3 that he wanted to spew people out of their mouths because they wouldn't pick a side. They wouldn't be hot or cold. They wouldn't be on the side of the law or the, or the side of lawlessness. They wanted to kind of ride that fence there. But what were these guys doing on January 6th that Jeremy was asked to come and to do whatever he was asked to do? Well, let's take a look at the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law. Congress shall make no law. Let me say it one more time. Congress shall make no law. Does this apply to Tim Brown? Does it apply to you? Does it apply to Bradley Dean in the afternoon show here on this platform that we pay for, by the way? So in essence, it's our property. Does, this, does the First Amendment apply to us? No, it doesn't apply to us. That's why if you come in here spamming, if you come in here trolling, if you come in here attacking people, yeah, I'll mute you if I see it. And that's not censorship. That's you're on my property and you're not going to behave that way. This is government and, it, and we told the government, you don't make a law respecting what? Well, let's go through it. As an establishment of religion, have they overrode that? Yes, they have. They overrode it. Listen, you guys sending your kids to the public school, your kids are learning all of these things, math, biology, geography, uh, history. You're learning all of that apart from God. Apart from the one who spoke it all into existence, who knows the end from the beginning, whose decrees are coming forth every day, moment by moment, even as he spoke them. And you're sending your kids into that. Oh, Tim, you know, we did Don't give me the excuses. Don't give me the excuses. You were talking to a guy who didn't make over, it still hasn't made over $60,000 a year in his life, except for two years of his life. And, I, and my wife and I have had 10 kids. So don't tell me that you can't do stuff. And I didn't do it through the arm of the flesh. Every day it was like, Lord, I don't know how we're going to make it. I'm checking banking. I don't know how we're going to do it. And this is before Sons of Liberty, by the way. This is for 20-something years before Sons of Liberty. I never asked a person for a dime, not one person. I always asked my father. I said, and I didn't ask him for money. I said, you know the needs we have, and I know the reason you want me to ask is so that you can provide, and I will glorify you, and I will thank you when you provide it. I know that. Okay? I know it. And we homeschooled all of our... We, we're still homeschooling our kids. I'm not saying they're the smartest bunch. I, I always felt a little weird when homeschool families would say they're smarter than... The, I, that's not what I'm looking for. I want my kids to honor the Lord even if they're not the smartest 
you know, the brightest bulbs in the room or whatever the case may be. I've got some smart kids and some kids who are like their dad. You know, they're smart enough to figure the way out and learn things and everything else. Okay. Well, I love my kids and I want them to honor the Lord. Um, First, First Amendment. Let's go back to that. They shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. What is it when you are told you must take a shot of their deadly poisons to engage the culture, whether it is going to a restaurant, a hospital, a government building, whatever? What is that? That's religion. That's your baptism. Okay? Your baptism is a shot in the arm. That is religion. If you don't believe me, go back and... See the interview I did with Stephen? Um, oh, I lost the name because I just talked to him the other day. Oh, his dad is a big gun rights advocate. Anyway, uh, the idolatry of you know vaccines and the history of it. It goes way back then, Pasteur and all those guys who were doing stuff in what was it, the 1800s, I think? Well, look at the First Amendment. You can't establish a religion. What are they doing? Their preachers are the teachers of the public schools, the public indoctrination centers. That's what they're doing. What are their Bibles? The textbooks that they keep changing the the language in. They keep changing the history on. Okay? Congress doesn't make a law establishing that, and yet they've done it. They've done it right in their face. Congress shall make no law prohibiting the free exercise thereof, of religion. And it doesn't say whether or not you're on public grounds, government grounds, you know, or whatever. It doesn't say that. You are to do what God said you're to do. That's the issue. Then Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech. What has this administration done but come out and tell you they are working with big tech companies like Facebook and Twitter, to censor, quote-unquote, misinformation, disinformation. What does this thing say? Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech. Congress shall do that. Well, Congress, if Congress hasn't written a law, which they are not allowed to do, then how does the executive branch get to do that? By usurping authority, by acting lawlessly. Not leftist, not Marxist, not lawless. Again, get this in your head, people, and you need to start using it. Start using these terms instead of the right, left, Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal. Start using these terms, lawful and lawless. Start using those terms with your friends and watch their heads kind of cock like one of those dogs who hear one of those whistles. You know, they get kind of the thing and their ears perk up. Watch, watch their face start change and use it every time you talk. Don't talk about the Democrats and Republicans. Talk about the lawful and the lawless. Okay? All right. Congress shall make no law of the press. I have to ask you, what is the what is the central government doing giving money to these newsrooms and putting people from government in the newsroom? Do you guys remember that during the days of the usurper, the 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 the, the um, usurper in chief Barack Hussein Obama Satoris Abarka? Yeah. They were doing that. They were doing it. They were paying. And if you think all this changed under Trump, you're just sadly mistaken. It's more than one man can figure out anyway, okay? But they had already put this stuff in place, all right? So Congress shall make no law regarding the right of the people peaceably to assemble. That's what was going on in January 6th. By the way, that right of assembly is the right to disassemble too. 
Okay. Now, I, if you ask, uh, some people have asked, well, what was the problem with uh, Martin Luther King Jr.? I, you know, I think the guy had a great message that he preached that, yeah, we should look at people regardless of their skin. Though, but I think what the problem was, was he was, he was pushing to put all the kids in the public indoctrination center, and already that was becoming very Soviet-styled at that time. Now, it didn't take its full form, obviously, until later on under Reagan and after. But I think that's where people do some of the things. I, I'm not attacking Martin Luther King over his message. I think his message was right on, um, that men are created equal regardless of their skin color. They're created by the same God. And they bear the same image of that God. This is why I can have respect for people from a lot of different ideologies and cultures and ethnicities, but I can oppose very violently at times their ideology. And there, there is a difference between those things. Okay. All right. Here's the other thing: um, Congress shall make no law against the petition. Uh, the petitioning of the people, their government for a redress of grievances. What was going on on January 6th? Isn't that what they went up there to do? Yeah, that's exactly what they went up there to do. They assembled together. Not everybody went. People of like mind who believed that the elections were not uh, legitimate, that there were problems in that that needed to be investigated. They wanted to tell their representatives, hey, you guys need to look at this, look into it. You need to do it. And they didn't do it. In fact, instead of doing that, they've done this. And by the way, if you're listening and you have a family member sitting in jail because of January 6th, you know, I'm happy to bring any of those people on to tell their stories. I really am. But the fact of the matter is Donald Trump has done nothing for your loved one who sits languishing in prison. He's still running for the White House. He isn't seeking to get those people out. And I'll guarantee you if he gets in the White House, and it wouldn't surprise me that in there, He's not going to pardon these people. Or if he does, it's for the photo op and for the political points he'll get. So let's contrast this with, I don't know, the lawless. Let me give you a couple of these. We may run over just a few minutes, okay? This is uh, from the post-millennial. This And I'm contrasting, I just read you the law, right? Was anybody at January 6th, were they acting lawlessly? Now, we got video of some people breaking some windows, getting orders as they destroy some of the offices. We know they're agent provocateurs. They're not the, pro, they're not the half million. Look, if half a million people show up somewhere, you know whether they're the problem or not, right? You know whether the, it's like gun owners. You know we, we've got how many millions of guns in the hands of how many uh, people here in the U.S. If gun owners were the problem, you'd know it. You'd know it. You really would. They're not the problem. The same thing happens with stuff like this. Okay, so this is from the Post Millennial, director of California LGBTQ plus center, busted in child sexting. This guy right here, he looks effeminate, doesn't he? He almost looks like he's got like makeup on. He's had his eyebrows done or something. I don't know what's going on there. Anyway, the executive director of the Rainbow Resource Center, a prominent LGBTQ plus support center based in Modesta, has identified 
as one of 17 men apprehended on suspicion of attempting to engage in sexual activities with a minor. With a minor. Remember how they used to tell us, oh, this is a consensual, this is consensual sex between adults. These guys are after minors. All of this has always been aimed at kids. Because this kind of perversion, you can't, you can't procreate it. You can't pass it on. Because you don't want to engage in what the natural order God has said. You want to engage in the unnatural order. That's why they're called crimes against nature. The revelation was first reported by the Modesto B. Jared Slayton, 42, was taken into custody during a sting operation organized by the Turlock Police Department, targeting individuals believed to be seeking illicit encounters with minors. Slayton recently appointed as the executive director of the Rainbow Center, a local nonprofit dedicated to providing resources for LGBTQ plus individuals across all age groups, uh, faces allegations of pursuing sexual activities with minors. How did the Rainbow Resource Center respond to this? Well, they put out a statement. We want to assure you got you can't make this stuff up. Okay, they're promoting lesbians, sodomites, transdelusionalism, LGBT, queer, which is the same thing. It's it's that which is not natural. It's strange. It's weird. That's what the word means. They're promoting all that kind of stuff, and then they have the audacity to say this. Watch this. We want to assure our community that we take these allegations with the utmost seriousness. Mr. Slayton's actions do not represent our organization's values or mission. I have to ask you a question. When a politician tells you, like Nikki Haley, I'm getting the things in my mailbox like every week about Nikki Haley. What a joke. And I can tell you from a person who lived under her reign here in South Carolina, uh, she is not what they put her up to be at all. No. She's a sellout to the highest bidder. That's what she is. She is a whore. She's a political whore. That's what she is. But when these people say, when, when they talk about, she talks about South Carolina values. Well, what are those values, Nikki? Tell us what those values are. Rainbow Resource, what are those values or your mission that you're on? You're promoting lawlessness by definition. You're promoting lawlessness. You're promoting the crimes of the crimes against nature. That's your values. So this guy is right in line with your values because he's acting lawlessly too. Only while he may go after men, I don't know. He may go after women. I don't know. But he's definitely going after minors. Okay? In accordance with our unwavering commitment to upholding the highest standards of conduct and integrity, you don't uphold high standards of conduct and integrity by promoting the abominations that you're promoting. See, nobody ever stops to ask these people these things. What are your values? Tell tell us what they are. What is your mission? They go, we acknowledge the impact that the situation may have had on the community. We understand that the trust is earned through consistent and accountable actions. Which, I don't know who would trust Rainbow Resource Center here. We're dedicated to rebuilding any trust that may have been affected by the situation as an organization that is at the forefront of advocacy and support for the crimes against nature. That's what LGBTQ plus is. Our actions must reflect our dedication to these principles. That's, this is one of the lawlessness, okay? I'm going to give you a couple of more. Let me go to scripture here. Um, because I know sometimes I have people 
who come in the chat who think they know what they're talking about. And frankly, I'm going to tell you what I think. I think they're trolling. I give them a, I give them a, I give them a short leash, okay? One of them came in the other day taking a shot before we talked about biblical interpretation. I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. Taking a little shot and then leaving because you're not a man and you won't call in and have a conversation. We'll have a conversation. Oh, I don't have a phone. Well, you got some way that you're getting on, on the feed, a phone or computer, and both of those have the ability, even the computer, to get a number you can call in. Love to hear from you. I really would. Because there are some things you've said that's good. 803-619-9855. But this is what Paul tells Timothy about the law. This person has a real hard time with the law. Oh, they have a hard time with the law. Yeah. They have a hard time with the law. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Desiring, verse 7, desiring to be teachers of the law, uh, uh, understanding neither what they say nor what they affirm. But we know that the law is good. If you're a person out there and you think the law is bad, you think it's evil, wicked, it's something you don't need, it's not something that's part of be a part of the Christian life, it's not even supposed, we're not even supposed to be referencing that in the Bible and this, that, and the other, you are sadly mistaken. You're in error and you need to repent. You really do. We know that the law is good if, if, if a man use it lawfully. And how does a man use it lawfully? Well, let's look. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. Let's stop right there. Did we have any righteous man in our history? Yes, we did. One man. Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Christ. He, he, he was the only totally righteous man ever walked the planet, except for Adam. Adam had it for a little while, and then he, he lost it, and he passed on his fallenness to us. But notice what he says. It's not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient. Disobedient to who? The federal government? The central government? Nope. Disobedient to God. For the ungodly and for sinners for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, that's your sodomites, for men-stealers, these are your kidnappers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, right teaching, straight teaching, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which, that's interesting, isn't it? The law here, according to the gospel, the glorious gospel of the blessed God, the law is a part of the gospel. Whether you like it or not, you bring the law to bear to show people the reason for what they're doing. Pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. So, with that said, let me give you one more, and then what I'm going to do is, we're running out of time. Ugh. I don't want people to think, because, you know, you what was the old saying? You don't smoke, you don't drink, you don't... How, how was it? 
<laughs> you don't smoke, you don't chew, you don't run with the girls that do or something like that. Uh, that was an old phrase back in the day. Um, just because you do that doesn't mean that you're righteous. No, no, no. The Bible balances that out. Uh, Romans chapter 1, or excuse me, chapter 3 is one of these things. There's no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what this, whatsoever things the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law. That every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. God points the finger through his law and he says, you're guilty of doing this. And you are to shut up and listen. Or confess your sin. Confess it to be true. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Not me, not you, not Bradley, not anybody. We're not going to be justified because we may do what appears to be right before the law. That's not how we're made righteous. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. The law just condemns you. That's all it does. It condemns you for your lawlessness. Verse 21, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. See, you can, you can have righteousness one of two ways. You can have it through you keeping the law perfectly, thought, deed, intent, everything, which none of us do, okay? Or you can have the righteousness that comes apart from the law, and that comes from somebody who actually kept it, and that comes from Jesus Christ through God the Father, now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Who's the law and the prophets? That's your Old Testament, right? They were all telling what Jesus was going to do, when he was going to come, what he was going to accomplish. All of them spoke about that. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all, and upon all them that believe. Remember John three sixteen, the believing ones. This is, not a, this is not just a blanket thing out there, oh, if you want to believe. No, the believing ones. It's, this is to those who believe. If you don't believe, this doesn't apply to you. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. If you're a believer out there, man, this should humble you. And you know it in your heart. You didn't do anything to receive the righteousness and the grace of God. You were doing everything to push it away. That's the whole thing. If you want to finish this up, we're, we're only going to take just a few minutes because I'm going to have to leave. SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, before it's news.com, and also Sons of Liberty Radio live on Rumble. Bradley, be with you at 3, and Lord willing, we're going to see you on Monday, 6 a.m., bright and early. Talk to you then. All right, just want to remind you guys again, tomorrow we won't have a show, uh, so please don't think that, uh, you know, the conspirers have cut us off or anything like that, and it won't be a tech issue. We're just not going to have it, okay? Um, and um, so I'm headed out of here as soon as we uh, get done with the show here. All right, back to Romans chapter 3. I want to go back over here. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. How is a man saved from violating the law, the law of God? He's saved through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, the ruler of the nations. The very king that demands of you perfection is the one that provides it for you. The one who demands faith from you is the one that gives it to you. The one who demands that you re repent and turn from your sin is the one who grants you that very repentance. Oh my goodness. This is not, it really isn't hard to understand, but people want to fight against that. No, I've got to do it. I have free will. I am the master. I am the sovereign. 
people sound like the letter that we heard from Timothy McVeigh, which everybody acknowledged was an atheistic, it comes from an atheistic poem or something. I forget what it was. The master of his own fate. And, and sadly, we have people in the church thinking this stuff. It's completely against what Scripture says. For in Him, that is in Christ, in and in the Father, because we have fellowship with the Son, we got fellowship with the Father, don't we? We read that in First John the other day. In Him, we have our being, right? He works in us to both will and to do His good pleasure. That's what He does in His people. If you're not one of His people, He's not doing that in you. You're continuing on, you're dead in your sin. But we've been freely justified by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time, His righteousness, not ours, because we don't have any righteousness. Our righteousness is like, it's not righteous. It's disgusting. It's an abomination. It's It's nasty. God says it's like a used menstrual rag. Filthy rags, that's what the Bible says. That's what it means, though. I, say, I declare, I say, at this time is righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. There's no boasting on our part. By what law? Of works? Nay. But by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. And he's, point, he's going to go back, and if you continue reading in Romans, he's going to make his argument from Abraham early on that he believed what God said and was counted to him as righteousness. And then later on in the book of James, James is not contradicting Paul. James is talking about that justification that we can't see that came by faith and not the works of the law is manifest in the works that we can see. That's why he says you see and you hear a guy say. The whole context of James chapter 2 is doing that. And James concludes that a man is not justified by faith alone. That's what he says. And the reason he says that is is he says faith without works is dead. It's not a real faith. It's not a saving faith. It's not a living faith. It's dead. And then Paul asks here, verse 29, is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith, that's the Jew, and uncircumcision through the faith, that's the Gentile. Do we then make void the law through faith? I want to ask you, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, do we make the law void? Does it not matter? Should it be chucked away? Should we not even talk about it? Should we not bring it up? Any of that stuff. God forbid. That's the Holy Spirit. That's what he says. God forbid that we put the law away. What in the world? Yea, we establish or we esteem the law. We, we hold it high. Why? Because it's good, it's right, it's holy. It presents the character of God to us. And we, as his image bearers, should be carrying that torch. That's the point. Okay? With that said, are there other things where we see this lawlessness going? I'm going to play you one short video in just a second. I'll just end with that one, okay? 
It's about four minutes. Let me give you just a couple of things, and these were from the these were from Wednesday off of sunsalubritymedia.com. I had them up yesterday. I just saved everything. I said, I'm just going to do the show again today. And, of course, I'm going a little over of what I did before. New labor edict from Biden regime declares a war on independent workers. Hmm. Here, here's, here's what we... Let's go down here to National Review. I'm going to try to make this quick of what this is doing. A recent regulatory change by the Biden administration is so poorly designed, there's no telling exactly how many workers will be hurt. From actors and designers to truckers and construction workers, I've heard the same thing over and over. Independent contracting, by the way, if you get a 1099, which they're not, you're, you know, you're supposed to be dealing with, that. they're not supposed to be sending that if you're just trading time for money. They're not supposed to be doing that. They really aren't. Same thing with the W-9, you're supposed to be one sending that in, not your employer. I mean, if you do a little digging, you'll see some of this stuff. The, the things they get us trapped in is just absolutely incredible. Independent contracting gives workers the flexibility to pursue their passions either full-time or on the side. But now as many as 73 million Americans who are independent contractors could lose that freedom. Not if you keep it to yourself and don't go blabbing your mouth, everybody. So may every American who might have pursued this path in the future. January 10th, President Biden, I'm just going to call him Joe. Uh, he's not a president. He's a usurper, uh, just like his uh, previous boss. Biden's Labor Department issued a new rule that will gut independent contracting nationwide. While the department and much of the media are framing the rule as a win for workers, you know it's anything other than that because that's the way they do. They tell you the exact opposite of what they're actually doing to you. It's anything but. The Biden administration, which claims the rule will make it easier for to get employment benefits, overtime pay, and minimum wage, is really looking out for the interests of labor unions, which have struggled to organize independent contractors and find it much easier to go after traditional employees. There's nothing pro-worker about stifling workers in favor of special Interest. I totally agree. Here's, here's a couple of more. I'm just going to read you the title so we can move on to this other report. Digital Kill Switches, How Tyrannical Governments Stifle Political Dissent. In, in clear violation of what we read from the First Amendment, right? That's from John Whitehead. You can check that out. Also, Google shows we have no state religion by demonetizing article criticizing our state religion. And Robert Spencer pointed out exactly the same thing I said about the indoctrination centers, about what's being presented, about what the government's funding in quote-unquote education, which is really indoctrination. That's what he's hitting on. This one right here, dead migrants are the fault of Biden's open border. This is from Daniel, Daniel, Greensfield, Daniel Greenfield. Now, all of this is lawlessness. All of this is. All of this is criminal activity. The guys at January 6th weren't committing crimes. They weren't just, look, if some, whoever the guy was who took the lectern, that's stealing. You ought to be held accountable. The people who broke the, the, the windows and they, they went through and they broke uh, the office equipment, those weren't January 6th protesters. Those were agent provocateurs. And we've got it on video, the, the lady shouting out the commands for them what to do. We know that Nancy Pelosi, her daughter, opened her mouth and said what they were doing. All of that's criminal activity, and so is this open borders issue. It's criminal activity by this administration. And here's the last one. World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, and the United Nations all targeting your speech and you. That's exactly what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. They're targeting us. They're not doing it uh, to somehow, you know, Hold fast law and order. That's not what they're doing. 
they're doing it because they're lawless. And the fact of the matter is the people have not stood up and held them to account for their lawlessness and brought justice on their wicked heads, the way the Bible says. Oh, that doesn't sound very Christian to him. You know, vengeance is mine. We're not talking about vengeance. We're talking about justice. We're not talking about vengeance. We're talking about the law has been broken. Doesn't your Bible read, and maybe I should bring this up, because it's just coming to mind, and I didn't have this pulled up. Let me just pull it up, and and, and I want to ask you, doesn't your Bible say uh, something like this? Genesis 9, after the flood, right? After the flood, this is what we read. Genesis chapter 9, verse 5. And surely your blood of your lives will I require at the hand of every beast will I require it and at the hand of man, okay? At the hand of every man's brother will I require the life of man. Listen to what God says. Whoso sheddeth man's blood by... Who is is that? What what is that word there? What is that word that was in every verse of Genesis chapter 6 when we were talking about that, when somebody tried to poison the well talking about we don't know what the context is of Genesis 6? What is that word there? That word is man. By man shall his blood be shed, for in the image of God made he man. Now, if you don't get anything, listen to this. All men are image bearers of God. You you go through the catechism, Westminster Shorter Catechism, and even the longer catechism, larger catechism, and you'll see what the scripture points out about you know man and the image of God that he bears and righteousness and holiness and all these kinds of things. Well, the obvious question is, is God a just and holy and righteous God? Yeah. We bear that image? Yeah. And so when men violate his law, what must we do? We must be ready to be like our Father and reflect his image and bring justice. Oh, Tim, what about mercy? We hold out mercy to him too, but the fact of the matter is we are to bring justice. We are to bring justice. Man is to do it. Don't tell me about, oh, God will sort them out. No, no, no. We're supposed to do it. And God says it right there, Genesis chapter 9, verse 6. Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. God is telling us we're the ones to be the law, the enforcers of the law. This is not something that came around in 1789 or whenever. Okay, this isn't something that came around then. This is something that's been here from the beginning. It's something that's been here from the beginning. And we would be a wise people to learn that. We'd be a wise people to learn that. Do you see the difference between those who see the crime? And look, I I think many of those people in January 6th and all that, I think many of them are deceived about Trump. Okay? Nevertheless... Seeing what they saw, they went and spoke out. And for that, I don't blame them. For speaking out against the lawlessness, I don't blame any of those people who went up there on January 6, 2021. Don't blame them at all. I, I still think you need your eyes open on Trump if you haven't seen it. But the fact of the matter is, I don't blame them. They were acting lawfully. 
Just these few examples that I gave you are about the lawlessness. Here is one of the last ones I'm going to leave you with. It's only about four minutes. Uh, this is, again, Greg Reese. And this is on the um, mass graves that have been discovered through Google Earth on, or what looks like mass graves. Let me put it that way. And there's a lot of girls that have went missing that some people believe probably are buried on this island. This is a report on that. Take a look. A viral video making the rounds has utilized Google Earth's history tool to show what appears to be mass graves on Epstein's island that were dug shortly after his arrest in 2006. In September of 2002, in the center of the island, Google Earth shows that there was nothing but a bare mound of Earth. In March of 2005, the Palm Beach, Florida police began investigating Epstein after a mother reported that he sexually abused her 14-year-old daughter. In July of 2006, Epstein was arrested by the Palm Beach Police Department on state felony charges of procuring a minor for prostitution. Hours later, he was released on a $3,000 bond. A few months later, in November of 2006, Google Earth shows that the previously bare mound has what appears to be mass graves freshly buried on top of it. During this time, Palm Beach County State Attorney Barry Christcher is accused of giving Epstein special treatment, and the FBI begin an investigation. In 2007, federal prosecutors prepare an indictment against Epstein, which is held up in the courts for a year. In June of 2008, Epstein pleads guilty to one count of soliciting prostitution and one count of soliciting prostitution from a minor. He is sentenced to 18 months in jail with a secret arrangement with the U.S. Attorney's Office to not be prosecuted for federal crimes. Epstein serves most of his sentence in a work release. By the way, let me just, for, you know, the guy that was just on the screen, that was the guy that gave Epstein his sweetheart deal. And what did he get as a reward? Did he get a reward from Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Bill Clinton? No, he got a reward from Donald Trump to be head of labor department. Just, you know, just a reminder, because I know there are people who don't know this stuff. This, that was the same guy. Police program that allows him to leave jail during the day. In July of 2009, Epstein is released from jail. One month later in August, Google Earth shows that what appeared to be mass graves on the mound have been covered over. In 2013, construction begins on the mound gravesite. By 2017, construction of what appears to be a tennis court is completed. Drone footage shows that the elevation in Google Earth is off. The newly built tennis court is on a flat plain surrounded by a dirt berm. By January of 2018, Google Earth shows that the tennis court has been raised and the earth beneath appears to have been excavated. In November of 2018, the Miami Herald begins publishing a series of articles about the Epstein case, which inspires public interest. In July of 2019, Epstein is charged on federal sex trafficking charges. One month later, the FBI raid the island. During this time, Google Earth shows cloud cover obscuring the view of the mound. On August 10th of 2019, Epstein is reported to have committed suicide in his New York City federal jail cell. All right, can I, can I, let's revisit this just a second. Look at the head on this guy. I mean, he, his feet should be sticking like, I don't know, 
somewhere out here. I mean, look at the size of his head. And of course, people talked about his ear and his nose and his eyes, and it's just not, it's not him. That's what, that's what the claim is. But you would think the leg, I mean, you'd think the legs would be stuck out. I mean, from the size of his head, they'd be stuck out. It just, this is just something that just catches my mind here, because I, again, don't believe Epstein killed himself. And I don't believe the, the, the little narrative about, oh, well, he killed himself, but he had the help. No, 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 somebody else. This is something else went on here. And, uh, uh Anyway, the next available image is a month later in September of 2019 and shows that the area on the mound is being used as a parking lot for commercial vehicles. The area is cleared by 2020 and has remained so until today. In a recent video, corporate media propagandist Megyn Kelly claims that we may be hearing from Jeffrey Epstein himself this year. We're not done with Jeffrey Epstein. I can tell you that for a fact. Can't tell you how I know, but I can tell you for a fact, we're gonna hear a lot more about Jeffrey Epstein in the coming year. Uh, and you may be even hearing from him directly. More on that as I'm allowed Is to that tell you. right? While most believe that Epstein was murdered, many believe that he is still alive, claiming that images of his alleged corpse appear to be a different person, that the shape of his nose and ears were different. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. All right, you've got that there. And um, again, these, these, are, these are real crimes that are going on. These are not insinuated crimes. These are real crimes. The guys at January 6th, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. I would... I would just from what I know, I would never convict any of those people in that. I, I just wouldn't do it. Oh, well, Tim, you don't know everything. I know this. I know the federal government has all the resources in the world at their fingertips. And these people that are being attacked and the ones that are going to be attacked, because now they're going to go after anybody who was even in D.C. or whatever, <clears throat> you know, on January 6th or whatever. They, sh they may come after me. Because I told people, I said... If you're going to stand out on the lawn away from your representatives where they can't hear you, well, you're not doing any good. You're not you're not bringing a, 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 you know, your grievances before your representatives. Go down to the Capitol building and let them hear you out there. I, I remember saying that before they even went. Am I going to be in trouble? Uh, maybe. But this is the difference between real crimes committed, by the way, Majority of these that I read off are committed by our own government. Then there's the corporate fascists. Then there's the um, sleazeballs like Jeffrey Epstein. Those are real crimes. What does the Bible say that we're to do? We're supposed to be the law to bring them to justice. Oh, sure. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying we shouldn't pray. Okay. But our prayers should bring us in alignment with what God has already said in his word. And what, what are we seeing in his word? We're the ones that are supposed to be doing it. I'm going to tell you, the devil is a slick character. He is really smart. He's very deceptive. And those of you who will treat him in a, in a sense as though he is not that, 
you're gonna get you're gonna get in trouble. There's no doubt that God has disarmed him, that he has defeated him. There's no question about that. But for the Christian to not recognize that he is still just as crafty and deceitful as he was and evil as he was before. You, you need to keep that at the forefront of the mind. <clears throat> In fact, we're told that Michael, the archangel, when he was fighting, there was a dispute over the body of Moses with the devil. What did Michael do? Did he say, you old nasty devil, you've already been defeated. No, he said, the Lord rebuke you. The Lord, but he said, but he contrasts that with false teachers who just go off and talk about things they don't know anything about. You've seen some of those guys? Yeah. They talk down to spirits who are greater than they are. Well, we're lower than the angels right now. Now, It's not going to be that way in the future, but we've been made lower than the angels. Just like our Christ. He was made lower than the angels too. And he showed us how to deal with them. Those fallen angels, the ones that seek to deceive us. How did he teach us to deal with them? Through the Word. Through the Word of God. That's how he taught us to deal with them. And we deal with the criminal men by means of the Word of God. Genesis chapter 9, who's to bring justice? Men are to bring justice because they reflect the image of the one who made them. And he is a God of justice. He's a God of justice. Bradley, be with you at 3. Uh, Lord willing, we're going to see you here on Monday morning, 6 a.m., bright and early. And uh, have a great weekend, a great Lord's Day. Again, get with the people of God. I, I know a lot of you guys don't have a church where the, the, the men, they're hirelings, they're not teaching the Word of God. Invite somebody over. Be hospitable. Open up your door. Fix the, the meal that you've got for your family. Open it up and invite your neighbors. Maybe just one family. Invite them over. Have a conversation. Eat the meal with them. Spend a few hours with them. Share the gospel with them. Engage in love and good work. Spur one another on to those things. That's what we should be about as Christians. And I'll tell you what, you want to see the world change, it's going to be one, ha- one house at a time. It's always going to be one house at a time. When, we talk about, when I talk about local, I'm, I mean it as local as possible. Invite your neighbors over. Make that day a day of celebration. Maybe you're not a teacher. Read the Word of God before you eat together. Pray and give thanks to God. It'll set an example, and it'll be something they can't unhear. That's the thing. They're your guests in your house. You do things your way at your house. Oh, what a great way. If they'll come over, hey, there's free food, right? And you're going to eat, and you get to open up the Word of God, which is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, right? Put that before them. Pray and ask the Lord to bless it, bless the food, and bless the fellowship. And I'm telling you what, you do those things, you'll see the Lord begin to move in that. You really will. You guys have a great day. Catch Bradley again at 3, and uh, we'll see you on Monday. Adios.